episode 887. The Green Bay Packers play an atypical Saturday game during the holidays as they host the Vikings. We'll preview that game with former Packers offensive lineman Andy Phillips. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're looking ahead to a game against the Minnesota Vikings. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by former Packers offensive lineman Andy Phillips. Andy, how are you today? Doing great. How about yourself? Very good. We're glad to have you back on the show. We had you on this past summer. Uh, just give us a quick update. What's been happening in your life since that time? Still doing the same stuff. I work out here in Pennsylvania, now in town, uh, Enterprise Holdings uh, in the management division. Then I uh, still write for my, my blog site, uh, 66 Sports. Watch a lot of football, especially our Packers, and uh, just been uh, carrying on like that. Best time of the year is uh, when we get these playoffs here rolling, so it's been, it's been a good time. Very cool. Uh, we'll send our listeners to your website, 66 Sports. All right, Andy, uh, we're going to preview the Packers-Vikings game here, but but just a few other questions before we get to that. Starting with the Pro Bowl, uh, it's a popular sentiment that Packers offensive lineman David Bakhtiari was a snub. Would you agree with that sentiment? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, at the beginning of the year when I did my rankings, I put Dave third, uh, best tackle in the NFL behind uh, Tyron Smith in Dallas and Joe Thomas in Cleveland. And I'd make the argument this year, especially with uh, Tyron Smith, he's been a little injured and a little more inconsistent than usual. And then Joe Thomas obviously being out for the season. You could argue that Dave might have taken over the top of the tackle in football spot. And he's not only – uh, proved that in the film. He's proved it with, uh, you know, the few stats old linemen can really have. Uh, pro football focus, um, I don't always take their game grades maybe as serious as some because at the end of the day, they do not, they, they're football minds that they do not know uh, every offense and the purpose of every block. They kind of, the, did you do the job or not, which at the end of the day is good. But uh, even with their grade, Dave's number one in the league at left tackle. But the, the numbers I look for out of them are pressures, hits, sacks, hurries, because that stuff's you know indisputable, and Dave has single-digit pressures on the year, which is absolutely insane to be a left tackle in this league and a predominantly pass-first offense. Now it's been a little bit different with Brett at the helm, but um, still a pass-first offense under uh, Coach McCarthy, um, and he's been single-digit pressures on the season, which is you know ridiculous. He's uh, getting the best rusher most of the time on each team, and uh, the fact that he's been single digits on pressures, not hits, not sacks, just pressures. It's absolutely insane. And Dave, you know, Dave's putting together such a great resume, and he's still young. And, uh, you know, look at the tackles that got in over him in the NFC. Uh, it seems to be kind of a popularity vote and based on which teams are winning when it really comes down to it. And, uh, unfortunately, this year the Packers aren't having this good of a year. But you look at the tackles who made it. you got a guy like uh, Lane Johnson, who's a right tackle for the Eagles, and they're kind of the feel-good story. And you know he got some more popularity votes. I don't think many GMs in the league would put Lane as a better tackle than Dave. But, you know, you get the 12-2 and two season and all that kind of stuff, you probably get some more of those popularity fan votes. Uh, you got a guy like Trent Williams out of Washington, who, for his standards, has probably had more of an inconsistent season. A lot of it has to do with injury because he's a great player. 
but uh, he's been a little bit more inconsistent than usual because of injury. And he's actually out for the rest of the year, so you could uh, see him probably not playing in that Pro Bowl. And you see uh, the other one, Andrew Whitworth, who has uh, given up a couple sacks, but he's had a great season out there in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams, and he's getting a lot of that credit for that turnaround with Coach McVay. Uh, so you can see kind of the popularity votes with some of the winning teams and then an old reliable like Trent Williams. But at the end of the day, you're probably looking at Trent Williams not playing in that Pro Bowl due to the fact of injury, and you're probably looking at uh, either Lane Johnson or uh, Trent Williams, I'm sorry, or Andrew Whitworth, possibly going to the Super Bowl and not playing in that game. So Dave could still sneak in there at the back end. He shouldn't have had to, but uh, I still hope we get to see him out there. Yeah, you're not getting any arguments from me. Uh, you're speaking the truth as far as I'm concerned with pretty much everything you've said from the Pro Bowl voting to the David Bakhtiari's performance. Uh, but uh, across the other side of the line, Andy, uh, and, and someone you faced in practice, Mike Daniels, he was named a first alternate for the Pro Bowl. Were you surprised he hasn't played in a Pro Bowl yet? <laughs> Absolutely. I have to tell everybody because a lot of people ask me, you know, you know, I got to block certain guys in practice and, um, you know, Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews, guys like that. And the, the one I always tell them, the hardest one, and there's no disrespect to those guys because they're, you know, I didn't face them as much. But Mike was the biggest pain in the butt because he brought it every play. And I'm talking to walkthroughs. I'm talking every single play. Mike brings it, and you can see it. And, again, it has to do with the whole popularity factor. And a lot of times a lot of people don't watch the trenches. So uh, they'll just look at the you know the stack numbers and stuff like that, which Mike, being in a three-four predominant system, is not asked to uh, get, be put in a position to make a lot of those sacks, and he still gets a handful. Um, but I can guarantee you this: if you had offensive linemen around the league vote for Pro Bowl, Mike could make it every year. Because when it comes down to it, an offensive lineman is more worried about the guy who's going to make his life you know heck over an entire game rather than you know one play a sack here and there. Uh, you know, maybe once a game. So if you let the players vote, Mike be in every year. I'm happy he's the first alternate because it seems to be in this era, a lot of times you're the first alternate you're getting in, whether it's injury, whether it's guys just not wanting to play, whether it's Super Bowl. So I, I think Mike hopefully can sneak in this year because he shouldn't, again, like Dave, he shouldn't have to sneak in. And he does deserve to be in that Pro Bowl. And again, uh, it seems to be a popularity vote sometimes. And uh, I think Mike's going to end up making it a few times over his career. He absolutely should. Uh, Andy, I wanted to call upon your expertise at the center position and ask you about Corey Lindsley and how he's played every snap this season. How remarkable is that? Oh, it's incredible. Um, I told you at the beginning of the year, I said, uh, if Corey stays healthy, he's one of the best centers in football. I think he's proven it. And the, the, the thing you need at center, you need a reliable guy who can play all those snaps, especially when you're going through a quarterback change. And that's a remarkable part to me. Um helping out Brett as much as he has. And, again, I'm not in those meetings anymore, but I am sure at practice and meetings in the game and the huddle, Corey's communicating like crazy with Brett on if there's checks, the mic points on pass plays, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm sure he's helped him a ton. But it's kind of funny when I look at Corey, there's two things that really stand out to me. One is it's kind of crazy how fast you become the vet. Uh, two years ago, he was in, sandwiched in between two Pro Bowl guards and TJ Lang and Josh Sitton. And next thing you know, now he's the guy in that interior line that has, has the most experience. And it's, you got to grow up fast in the NFL or else you're, you're not going to be in there very long. And Corey's been absolutely incredible. And uh, I, the one thing I had noticed with his game, he's always been rock solid in that middle. But I've noticed how consistent he is with his communication. Uh, when I was there two years ago, Dave Rye, who was the assistant O-line coach at the time, now he's pretty much Mike McCarthy's right-hand man, helps with the quarterbacks, which he played at Iowa, he played quarterback. He did a study for both Corey and uh, – and Aaron, and it was how they communicate at the line of scrimmage 
can give away pass or run. And, and you watch it because you don't always understand, but they have mic'd up in the NFL, so they were able to get the film, the, the, uh, the TV version of the games to do this study. And Corey's rookie year, he was, there was times where he was very um, loud and assertive when making a pass call. You know, big point, Ringo, Ringo. And then in a run play, he was not that he wasn't loud, but it was more like, you know, like uh, A52, A52, those smaller points. You don't think about it. As centers, we all did that at some point in our career. You know, props to Dave Rye for bringing that up. But the reason you were so loud and demonstrative during pass protection is because you have to communicate to all five guys on the line, as well as your quarterback, as well as the running backs who are in the protection. Where in a run play, a lot of guys have a general idea what you're doing when they get to the line scrimmage based on their own smaller window look. And so that's why he didn't have to be as loud about his individual calls. So I think if you watch the games now, Corey, you have, unless you actually know their offense, you have no idea what's pass or run based on Corey. And that's one thing that is so, so hard to change when you've been doing something your whole life. And I've really noticed Corey has done that uh, this year and even in the last year. And uh, it makes him a better player because, you know, you, you don't give that defense that advantage of, you know, second, third quarter realizing based off this call is probably run, probably a pass. And I think that really helps out not only the entire offense, but especially a young quarterback like Brett. That anecdote is amazing, uh, and I'm glad you got to share it with our listeners. Uh, but along those same lines, Andy, uh, Jari Evans has been listed as questionable for Saturday's game, uh, but he started every game up until this point. What have been your impressions of Evans and whether you think he could end up back in Green Bay for another season after signing just a one-year contract? Well, yeah. Um, from the outside looking in, he's pretty much what I expected. I mean, the guy was an all-pro for years over there in the, uh, um, New Orleans, and I really expect him to be pretty dominant in the past in pass protection, which he has been. I expect him to be an above-average run blocker, which it seems like he has been. Uh, we're not in the meetings, but he's never seemed like a hothead by any means, never seems like an issue in the locker room. Um, he's played well. I mean, that's all, at, at the end of the day, you want consistency under your offensive line, and that's something the Packers for the past you know three seasons haven't had in terms of injuries. They've had good play, but in terms of injuries, so having a guy like Jari and Corey that can you know play every snap has been incredible. In terms of if he comes back next year, you know you don't know what Ted's thinking. I don't think anyone saw him really, uh, letting Josh Sitton walk two years ago, and certainly didn't expect him to let T.J. Lang walk next year. So what he does at that guard position, um, we really don't know. I think it can't hurt, especially if you can probably still get him at a relatively cheap price for the production he gives you. You probably only have to get him for you know another one year contract. You get a guy that knows the offense, and then maybe in the draft you go you know second third round you go take a guard and uh, have him learn under one of the best that's played in the last decade. And uh, worst case scenario, the guy beats ends up beating Jari out halfway through the season. Best case scenario, you get a great production out of a guy like uh, Jari who's been a vet in this league for a long time, and we'll know have another year in the offense and all that kind of stuff. And uh, again, it'll make that interior that offense line even better. Because I'll tell you on the other side, Lane John, or Lane Taylor has been playing out of his mind. Uh, he's the guy who's not going to get talked about as much uh, going from an undrafted guy to where he is now. I mean, he, he's been playing off his mind. Blaine's been a great player uh, in that left side of the, off the line. So you get some continuity in there if you keep Jari. But, again, we all never know what that's thinking. Great offensive line talk here with Andy Phillips on Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Uh, Andy, uh, Devontae Adams has already been ruled out for Saturday's game after suffering his second concussion this season. Uh, do you think he'll sit out next week, too? The Packers just play it safe here? Yeah, I would assume. Uh, the fact that this second one, I mean, he's taken two of the hardest shots to the head probably the whole season. I didn't want to sell him. He's had two of them. And uh, you just, it's one of those things where 
you don't have the playoffs anymore to push for. Um, not that you're not trying to win the games, but when it comes to somebody's health, especially that part of the body, um, I'm going to guess they, they hold him off, knowing Devontae. Uh, the little bit I do, I'm sure he'll want to get out there. He probably wants to get out there this week. I mean, look how fast he came back from the danger race on hit and, and, you know, versus the Bears. So I'm sure he'll want to get out there, but I don't see uh, Dr. McKenzie let him uh, roll out there. But, I mean, like you said, I'm not in there. I don't know how he's feeling. I don't know what the team's saying. But just from the outside looking in, it doesn't, it doesn't seem likely. I mean, um, like I said, if they're pushing for a playoff, I'm sure Devontae would be screaming to let him back in. And at that point, maybe they look into it more serious. But right now, I assume they'll just kind of, let him uh, get healthy heading into the offseason. Andy, I, I know this next question I'm going to pose is kind of difficult to answer, but, you know, what what changes do you think the Packers need to make in this offseason? I mean, we said it. The, the Packers are eliminated, so there's really nothing, you know, to, to play for anymore other than your own personal pride. But, you know, what what do the Packers need to do to get back to the playoff level next year? Yeah, I mean, that is a tough question because, this year, you could say, was uh, a, a tough sample due to the fact that you're without uh, your all-pro quarterback um, for half the season. Um, I think you do have to look look and take care of yourself first. And what I mean by that is do some self-scouting. Uh, look at maybe what tendencies you have that have given away. Look at some things that you haven't done well and really look at your coordinators. And um, obviously, you know, Coach McCarthy on offense, he's still an offensive genius. And uh, I like how he's been able to transform the offense for Brett a little bit. And I think they're going to be just fine offense. Defense, you know, they really, they've really played for the most part this year well. Uh, there's a few games here and there that, you know, maybe get a little bit out of hand. But um, I think Coach Capers is going to have to look at some of his tendencies maybe. But uh, in terms of personnel, they got players in Green Bay. Um, I will say, I think it's time that Ted takes care of his own. Because um, I look at four guys. I look at Josh Sitton, TJ Lang. Um, Casey Hayward and Micah Hyde, who have all left in the past two years, um, and they've all made the Pro Bowl at least once in the past two years. And I just, I really look at that and I say, you got, you got to take care of your own. Um, sometimes, it, from the outside looking in, you think that maybe uh, he's relying on Aaron too much and lets guys walk that he shouldn't. I'm not sure if that's the case. I mean, a guy like Micah, who was pr- predominantly a nickel in Green Bay, probably wanted to play more deep safety and. Buffalo paid him to do so, and he had a great season this year. You know, like I think he has five interceptions. But I think you got to take care of the guys in house, and they got some free, big free agents coming up. We talked about Corey. You got to pay Corey. You got you got to keep that guy there. He has great continuity with Aaron and the rest of the offensive line. And he's really an anchor. You're not going to find better than him on the market. And so I think it's time Ted pays him. He let TJ and Josh go, so we don't know what he's going to do with Corey. But I don't see him letting another interior offensive lineman of that nature walk. Um, I think you got to pay Devontae. He, you know, he's been double digit touchdowns. He's proven anything uh, in the past, uh, you know, seventy weeks. Is that he's a good receiver. He does, he's he's not just a product of Aaron being great. I mean, the guy's a great receiver. He's had great continuity with Aaron, great with um, Brett. So I think he's one of those guys you got to take care of your own. Uh, the rumor has it that he's going to get uh, at most Des Bryant money, which is about fourteen million a year. And it'll probably be even a little bit under that. And I think Ted, you know, it's, well, that's one of those guys you just got to open up the, the, you know, the, the bank for a little bit. And then you look at a guy um, in the secondary, like Morgan. And he's been the quarterback of that defense. And whether he's down playing linebacker, whether he's in the spot playing nickel, or whether he's back playing a strong safety, it really, he's the guy uh, back there that kind of keeps everything flowing with haha. So I think you got to take care of your own. From the outside looking in, you don't know who's going to be available. I think Ted's got to make a push maybe for some competition that's at some positions, and at the end of the day, he's going to have some decisions to make. But I think those three guys 
are the ones you really got to lock up, and then you move from there into the draft. And then if you have an opportunity to go after a big free agent, you know, maybe the, probably the year because uh, you got some certain players on that team, some of those core guys over the last decade that are uh, coming up towards that back nine of their career, as Aaron alluded to earlier in the year. And I think it's time you just got to take care of your own. Let's, let's not let any pro bowlers walk out those doors again. Um, a- Andy, how, how do you think the Packers offense will do on Saturday now that they'll be without Aaron Rodgers for sure and, and going back to Brett Hundley? Right. And, you know, Brett, he was one of my good friends there. Um, he, he, I love his maturation over the season. Uh, you see how he did in that first game when he got put in when Aaron went down was in Minnesota. And uh, he struggled, but you know what? Minnesota is one of the top probably two defenses in the entire National Football League, and they they don't have a weakness. They got Big Joseph in the middle. They got um, Everson Griffin off the edge. They got great linebacker play with Barr and Kendricks, and obviously their uh, their cornerbacks and uh, safeties and Harrison and Rhodes. I mean, they're all pros. So they don't really have a weakness on defense. I'd say when you're playing that good of a defense, you've got to establish a run game. You absolutely have to. You have to control the line of scrimmage, establish a run play. Don't be scared off by two and three yard gains. Keep going at it. Keep pounding it. Because at the end of the day, the way that Green Bay wins this game is keeping the score down. You got to keep the score down because that's a defense that isn't going to be giving up 30. They're going to keep the score down. So that's how Green Bay has to play the game. The longer you stay on that field, the longer that offense with you know Case Keaton and Thielen and Murray and you know McKinnon and all those guys stay off the field. Uh, and that's what they've pretty much done with Brett. You look at Brett's numbers from his. You know, first uh, three starts to uh, next four, I mean, they're, they've been sensational. One thing I like looking at for young quarterbacks is completion percentage because that's truly how they throw the ball and if they're making smart plays. And then from there, they'll grow with more confidence. And you see how he throws. He's gained confidence. Um, he kind of has that Aaron in where his feet leave the ground when he's confident on throws, and that's something that, uh, something that has built over the time he's been on the field. But uh, to, to have success for that Vikings defense, it starts in the run game, which they've been very good at uh, in the time when Aaron's been out. You've seen Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. I mean, those guys have been tremendous, and I think it's fun that you have two guys in the same class that are competing with each other, and I'm sure that running back room is very fun with those two coming in on uh, you know Tuesdays after the game and being able to talk to each other about everything and all that kind of stuff. And uh, But, again, you got to keep that score down, keep, it, keep let the defense rest and keep their defense on the field and just try and wear them out. All right, so what's your prediction for Saturday's game then as the Packers host the Vikings at Lambeau Field? Yeah, you know, uh, being at Lambeau, that, that's good. You want, you want games in December at Lambeau. Uh, I know Minnesota's cold, but they've been, they've been indoors now. Um, so they're not used to necessarily playing. This team isn't used to playing there. Uh, I'm sure they have guys on the team that are, but in terms of, you know, Case Keenum at quarterback, uh, he's been used to the dome. He's been used to you know decent weather. I think when you get him into Lambeau, that's when uh, quarterbacks aren't used to it. You know, it's tougher to hang on to the football. It's harder to throw through that tough air. And I think that could, that will play in favor to Green Bay. I think if they get that running game moving, they don't let Everson Griffin tee off off the off the edge with his ears pinned back. I think that helps. And I think if you can run the ball, you can keep that score down. The Packers got a shot. I mean, Minnesota right now they're a top seed in the NFC. They got a lot to play for. The number one on the right on the line. So it's by no means going to be easy. They're going to come in looking to win, looking to get a first-round bye hopefully locked up for them. But Green Bay, they have a lot to play for. they got a lot of guys. And, again, we look at we look at this. You look at a team that's not making the playoffs for, what, the first time in eight years, I believe, in Green Bay. So you have a lot of guys out there who, who might be thinking that Ted wants to make some changes in the offseason. So you have a lot of guys that are going to be playing, maybe to feel like keeping their jobs, to, to, to maybe prove a point that, hey, 
I, you can win with me. So I think there's going to be guys all over the field. All 22 guys around that field in the, in the game are going to be playing for something, whether it's for the future, whether it's for film, whether it's for a first-round buy on the other end. So it's going to be good. Again, if the Packers want to win, which, hey, any game in that division, the black and blue division, is winnable. And that's the best part about it. Divisional games are the toughest ones uh, to win, no matter how good you are. So the Packers will definitely have a shot in Lambeau. But, again, you you want to win the formula is – Keep the chains moving, multiple first downs, avoid three and outs, get 150 yards rushing, and uh, when when, Brett, when it's time to throw, let it fly, Brett. Take deep shots, <laughs> uh, stretch that field. Don't let Harrison Smith and those safeties creep into the box. Let's keep a friendly box for the offensive line to block because, again, Jamal Williams and Aaron and that old line have proved they can get four a pop, five a pop when they have a friendly box. So if Green Bay's going to win this game, it's going to start with that run game and that control and that line of scrimmage. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Andy, before we let you go, your alma mater's playing in a bowl game today. Can I assume you'll be watching? Oh, fire up chips. You better believe it. Uh, I got I got something for you. So I know you're uh, – I see on Twitter you always kind of give a uh, a shout to a certain prospect. That yeah. Has a team. I, got one. I got one. I got one at Central for you. Okay. Keep an eye on number 83, tight end Tyler Conklin. He's a guy that missed uh, – in during camp, he ended up having a surgery on his foot. And he missed about the first half of the season. And he was able to rehab his way back. And he's playing the second half of the season. Played so well in just the half of the season that he still ended up making one of the all-MAC teams. He's a guy that is a former Division II basketball player that missed football and walked on at Central Michigan. And has turned out to be a player that is now invited and accepted a invite to the Senior Bowl. And he's going to be one that looks to be probably a mid-round draft pick. And you want to talk about an area that the Packers can improve on? Uh, I think they need somebody that can stretch the field. Richard's a great run blocker, but you look at the difference in that offense and they had Jared Cook flowing last year and when they had Jermichael Finley in the past. You want a guy that can stretch the offense and maybe that mid-to-late round selection, Tyler Conklin, 83 for Central Michigan. He's about 6'4", 250, and he'll run in that 4'6 range, and he has probably the best ball skills I've, I've ever been around. His ball skills are unbelievable. All you got to do is throw on uh, the film from last year versus Oklahoma State when the Chippewas went down and beat those guys. And uh, he had a couple touchdowns, including a fade in the end zone, left hand, one hand. And uh, he's, he's, he's a stud. And you want to talk about a hard worker, um, he'll be all over the place, I'm sure, in their offense tonight. But um, he's the one to take a look at, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching the Chips. And also a quick shout-out, rest in peace, to Dick Emberg, a Chippewa alum who passed away, I believe it was this morning or last night. Um, he was a great all-minor great advocate for Central Michigan. So fire up Chips. We're all uh, praying for his family, and we're looking forward to the game tonight. And got another guy up in heaven, hopefully helping helping the chips at least stay healthy. And we'll see what happens with the game. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, appreciate that. And and I was certainly aware of Conklin doing my research, but I didn't know he was a former basketball player. That's really cool. Uh, Andy, yep. thank you so much for uh, joining us today, providing all your insight. Greatly appreciate it. Have a happy holidays. All right. Hey, you too. I always, always like being on, and I uh, hope you have a good holiday yourself, Brian. Thanks a lot. Take care. Former Packers offensive lineman Andy Phillips joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And Railbird Central, by the way, is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, opening in the spring of 2018. I hope to see you there in the very near future, but let's 
get to the news. Uh, we have one roster move to discuss, and it's with someone familiar. Uh, the Packers have re-signed fullback Joe Carriage to the practice squad. As you'll remember, the Packers released Carriage earlier in the week from the 53-man roster to make room for recently signed offensive lineman Dylan Day. Uh, but the Packers also had room on the practice squad when they released quarterback Gerard Evans earlier this week. So it's nice the Packers didn't have to part ways with Carriage entirely. Uh, I think as as far as backup fullbacks go, I, I'm very comfortable with Carriage, and, and I like what he's done on special teams. Uh, so it's still possible he's part of the team's plans moving forward. Uh, but let's talk about the injury report because everything was moved up a day this week due to the Saturday game. Uh, we know now what the game day projections are, and it looks like the Packers are going to be without some veterans. Yes, the Packers are probably being more cautious than usual because they've already been eliminated from the playoffs, and I, I can't blame them uh, why they might take a cautious approach. Um why take any undue risks when at the same time they'll they'll get to see the younger players on the roster uh, more getting them more playing time and it's kind of going to be like a little bit of a rehearsal here uh, kind of a tryout for them uh, but in addition to Devontae Adams which we mentioned earlier uh, he won't be playing cornerback Dimitri Goodson has already been ruled out with a hamstring injury so they won't play against the Vikings then in the doubtful category is linebacker Nick Perry, who's battling both ankle and shoulder injuries. He was banged up last week, so this comes as no surprise. Then fellow outside linebacker Clay Matthews is questionable. So the outside linebacker position is clearly one of the most affected positions on the roster this week. But when your team is eliminated from the playoffs, that means we get to see someone like Vince Beagle get a long look on Saturday. So if you're dejected and down in the dumps about the season, I can't blame you. But this is what gives you reason to keep watching. Uh, Beagle has gotten a little bit of playing time this year, and he's flashed now and then. Uh, but this figures to be the most extended appearance he's going to get yet this year. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. And same goes for Kyler Fackrell who we've seen improve as the season has gone on, but still someone that hasn't made a big impact. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just seeing these young guys on the roster getting this chance, that's that's what you watch now, and, and we're looking for the future. Um, the other questionable players for Saturday are cornerback Devon House and offensive lineman Jari Evans. So with both House and Goodson out, we could potentially see the Packers do a little experimenting in the secondary I know I've wanted to see Lindsey Pipkins get more playing time all year, and this might finally be the chance just because the Packers have nothing to lose at this point. Obviously, the Packers were scared to put an undrafted rookie out there in a critical situation earlier this year, uh, but now they really have nothing to worry about anymore, and maybe Pipkins proves he's better than anyone thinks. On the offensive side of the football, the guys I'm excited to watch on Saturday are the wide receivers because we know Devontae Adams will be out. So we should get to see Geronimo Allison take most of Adams' snaps. And then hopefully we'll get to see Trevor Davis get more playing time on offense than he's seen previously this season. And who knows, maybe even Michael Clark gets involved here the last two games of the year. It's time to find out if these guys can take on bigger roles. The Packers have some big decisions to make this offseason on veteran receivers like Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. 
So it's important to see what Allison and Davis can do. Uh, as for a game prediction, I'm not ruling out the possibility of the Packers making this competitive, but I'm just not banking on it. <laughs> We've seen time and again that a Brett Hundley-led offense can keep the Packers at least within striking distance. Uh, what's different this time around, we'll be watching how deflated the team will be now that the season is officially over for all intents and purposes. The only motivation now is pride and the chance to ruin someone else's season. Not that the Packers can prevent the Packers, the, the Vikings from making the playoffs, uh, but I know if I was playing, uh, you take pride in the schadenfreude, you know, making the Vikings miserable. They're playing for a bye here, and, and maybe that can be prevented. Um, uh, unfortunately, I, I think this Vikings team has more to play for and is just better without Aaron Rodgers playing. Uh, I'm going to go with a final score prediction of 26-18. Uh, essentially, the Packers keeping it a one-score game, but barely, and, and the Vikings coming out on top. Uh, and that's the way we're going with that prediction. The day ahead. The Packers have put the call out for shovelers on Friday. It starts at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time, and shovelers at least 18 years old will get paid $10 an hour. I think this is the first time this year that they've done that. So if you live in the greater Green Bay area and want to get paid for uh, working for the Packers, this is your chance. It's kind of something cool that the Packers do you know, get the community's help and they pay them and all that. And, and just, you know, but more so than that, it's just the opportunity to say, hey, I worked at Lambeau Field and uh, you're helping out people who are coming to Saturday's game and giving them, you know, somewhere to sit and there's not snow everywhere. Uh, but as far as the team goes here, uh, Friday, the day before the game, the Packers will hold their final practice of the week. But they won't release an injury report. Uh, they, they can still make changes to the existing injury report, but it's not required anymore. Uh, when you see changes to the injury report the day before a game, it's only when the status of an individual player warrants it. So uh, we, we won't know much about what happens in practice because it'll be held behind closed doors. Uh, the media won't even be able to watch warm-ups like they usually do, but that's normal the day before the game. It's just weird in that you know, the game is on Saturday. Um, as for the game itself, this one's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Central Time Saturday and televised on NBC, uh, one of two games, two NFL games on Saturday. A um, bunch of bowl games. But uh, then uh, you can take the game in in all the other usual ways through the Packers radio network, streaming online with a subscription to NFL Game Pass or through the DirecTV satellite package. So there you go. That's how you can watch Saturday's game. Uh, enjoy it, everyone. Uh, have a happy holidays. That's going to do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. We won't have an episode on Christmas proper on Monday. I'm sorry, but uh, I won't be in the studio, the home studio myself. Uh, so we won't be we won't be recapping the game Monday morning. Uh, we'll be back again next Wednesday. We'll have Nathan Yankee helping us take a look back at that game so uh we'll be uh glad to see him then and talk to him and, and recap the game at that point in time uh but uh i hope everybody out there has a happy holidays uh and and merry christmas uh to those of you who celebrate um railbird central typically airs every monday wednesday friday at 8 30 a.m central time that's a live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day 
Uh, we'll see you later, folks. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. I'll leave you today with a song called Can't Wait Another Day by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go. Go.